You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron Dietrich here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe, alongside from the Washita Citizen, Jake Mutt. I was trying to remember your name. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> Full I, disclosure. I thought that might have been the case, but you always have the excuse of dramatic pause. <laughs> so I was giving you the benefit of the doubt, but uh, okay. Hey, nice to see you. Uh, who's got more sleep right now? And I hate to complain about sleep, but man. Don't complain about sleep. <laughs> I actually had a good night last night. I had like six and a half hours. So. Oh, yeah, that's more than I got, so yeah. that's good. So I'm, more, I'm well-rested. More well rested. Yeah, that sounds yeah. wrong than typical. I'm not going to complain about the hours because I certainly enjoy this job. But there are some days you're like, you know, that was a pretty long day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I you leave know. home at uh, you know, five thirty, and then uh, you get in the house at eleven thirty that night, you know, yeah, they probably got their money's worth out of you today. <laughs> well, at least you're you're getting paid, That's and right. hopefully you got a nap in. And the great thing about it is, it's football. Yeah, it's sports at the end of the day. It's what we love. It's what we signed up for. That's right. Uh, Plenty to discuss over the next two hours. Of course, we want to hear from you on the Darren Moody State Farm hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. Find out how to save money on home and auto insurance by stopping by and visiting with Darren on First Street in Monroe. Certainly happy to have Darren in the mix now. If you want to be a part of the mix, shameless plug here. Hey, there's no better time than to join the morning drive than right now. If you're listening every morning or you catch us, you know, a morning or two, you certainly know how much fun we have over the course of two hours, and you know the number of people that are listening. Why are you not a part of the show? How about that, Jake Mark? That's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know how anybody could hear that and not want to <laughs> jump on board. Uh, we go through the headlines on this Thursday morning, and once again, a uh, quite an assortment of things to talk about. Yeah, you know, I, I want to start with Alvin Kamara. Can we do that? Sure. So, so, for those, I'm guessing most of you have seen this story, but if you haven't, Bleacher Report did a story on Alvin Kamara, kind of uh, detailing, trying to give you an insight into his personality. Mm-hmm. He's a different kind of guy. He's not Drew Brees. <clears throat> he is far from Drew Brees. Now, in this story, there are some quotes that will raise some eyebrows. The quotes that I'm talking about are blank Minnesota. Mm. And uh, I'm paraphrasing here. If we would have played Philadelphia, we would have beat the blank out of them. Uh, we're missing a golden opportunity for Jake to uh, read <laughs> Alan Kamara's quotes. Here. I've got one <laughs> quote I'm going to read oh, right please. now. All right. Uh, are you going to bring gusto, kind of like you think Alvin Kamara gave this to the it's reporter? T- well, gonna... Time out. It's kind of tough when you have to skip okay. words because uh, I can't say everything. I mean, this is so you're gonna have to tone it F-bomb down. F bomb city. Okay. okay? Yeah. So <clears throat> here we go. This is talking about his stay in Alabama yeah. and how he went from what he was at Alabama to what he is now. I think that was a stepping stone. I was in the blank pokeball in Bama, and I blanking evolved in, into some other blank. Blank, what's that big dragon blank? That orange blank? Charizard. <laughs> it loses a lot of its gusto when you have to blank so yeah. much. But, uh... Quite the Pokemon quote there. Mm. Um, I thought that was an interesting quote. But if you if you read this, so I, I looked at the story a lot of different ways. First, as a fan of the Saints, I don't love what he said about Minnesota and Philadelphia because that's bulletin board material. Okay. As a journalist, I've kind of loved it. I thought it was really interesting, and I think it brings more interest to those games. I think it's so ridiculous that it's awesome and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and as – here's another quote I want to read you. Uh, the one about, uh, of course, if they would have knocked off Minnesota, and then he says we would have beat the blank out of the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC title game because we was rolling. Yeah. This quote rubbed me the wrong way because the whole the whole story you need to go read the whole story because they're they're trying to explain to you how different he is and how 
They tried to go behind the curtain. They tried to go behind the scenes. You didn't love it. Hanging out with him in the club. And then, of course, just the lifestyle. They're at the club. Club closes at 3. He's got a plane to catch at 5. Then he's got to get his workout. This is just the little parts of the story I read besides, of course, the the quotes that got all the attention. I didn't. It it just dragged on for me. It did. But they were trying to tell you how he was. Now, this here's the quote that rubbed me the wrong way. That's the mystique behind me. There's no person with an inside scoop because I don't move around like that, period, unless one of these blanks tell you, and guess what, not happening. That's the mystique behind me. I read that, and I was rolling my eyes so fast. I was like, dude, you're a great player. You don't have to say these things. Even if you're you're odd and and all these other ways, you don't have to say that's the mystique behind me. I thought I read that and almost barfed. Uh, Quint says, no one listening knows what Pokemon is. I beg to differ. Pokemon, even if you don't technically know what it is, you've heard that name before. Do you know, have you heard Pokemon? I've heard it. But Pokemon Go was like one of the biggest things a couple of years back. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Or, drive around. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. People were getting, we, we had a lot of fun news stories coming out of that. Um, well, I say fun. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um Anyway, so I just read that story, and I, I thought it was a big topic just because of the Saints and Alvin Kamara. And I, I thought he was, you know, again, you look at it a couple of different ways. As a fan, I'm going, I don't know if I would have get, given Minnesota players and Philadelphia players that type of bullets and board material. He's confident. He's got a little swagger. You want that in a young star. Yeah. As long as there's not a sophomore slump. And as long as – and he seems to have, you know – He's definitely matured since Alabama and Tennessee, you know, when he was getting in trouble and, and all that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, the Saints motto this year, of course, prove them right. Guess it starts tonight against Jacksonville. We have plenty of preseason football on tap for later tonight. I think we have, what, 12 NFL games in all. We'll go through the list, kind of some talking points and things to look for, and also, of course, the Saints. The key battles, who we're looking forward to seeing tonight, and who will actually be on the field. Yeah, who will actually be on the field. We'll get into that later. Um, But there are some intriguing storylines, and I think just as as a little tease, what we'll talk about later, I really feel like Boston Scott's one of the more intriguing ones. And I'm not just saying that because of where we are. I think running back position is, is a spot that we're all, you know, anxiously anticipating because we know that Mark Ingram won't be around for the first four games. So who's going to step up and help share the load with Alvin Kamara? Um, and this is a great opportunity to get out there live against against live competition and, and prove your worth. And, hey, man, if Boston Scott has a big game, he mm-hmm. can climb up the ladder. Plenty of Saints talk coming up later in the show. In fact, uh, Garland Gillen from Fox 8 Sports will join us around 840 or, 840 or so to kind of break down the matchup. we got some sound from Drew Brees also. Other headlines on this Thursday morning. You probably don't care, Jake, especially the time of the year, but uh, the PJ Championships have teed off. They got underway uh, about 10 minutes ago. Mm. Crickets. Yep, yep. Uh, Woods' comeback continues. Oh, stop. More crickets. <laughs> I Look, I, I, I think it's – when it happens, yeah. I've said it, I think it'll be the biggest yeah. story, but – the more we keep teasing it yeah. and the longer it takes, I'm kind of like, ah, I think it drops a notch for me. Jordan Spieth goes after his uh, career grand slam. Uh, Mother Nature is supposed to play a big part in this year's PGA Championships. Rain and bad weather expected throughout the weekend. So uh, I will keep an eye on the PGA Championships over the course of the next four days. Jake, it's going to be a tough set. Crickets. <laughs> All right, moving on. So, some LSU headlines. Yeah. What happened to this summer of uh, everybody keeping their nose clean and, of course, uh, walking the straight? You start thinking about it. Yeah. You start thinking about how it's been a quiet summer, and all of a sudden, hey, not so fast, my friend. Did Orgeron say that in his press conference just about the fact, or it was alluded to? Or it might have been at the Rotary Club meeting. But, yeah, that's been a – and he jinxed himself. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so we'll start there. Tyler Taylor, linebacker, who was battling Jacob Phillips for the inside linebacker spot next to um, Devin White. He has been suspended for allegedly 
serving as the getaway driver in a burglary burglary earlier this year of a Georgia pawn shop. Mm. Uh, apparently, LSU just heard word of this, and so they they suspended him. Mm. Another, uh, a couple other things. Big uh, hearing coming down today, correct? Christian Fulton's hearing's coming down today. Of course, Christian Fulton trying to get eligibility. Uh, if he does, he will likely start at uh, the other corner position opposite of Greedy Williams. And I told you, Aaron, before the show, I said, listen, I'm starting to be a little concerned about LSU's depth mm. on the defensive line because Ed Alexander – we knew it was going to be kind of a slow process. He missed again yesterday. But Tyler Shelvin also missed. And Shelvin, as much potential as he has, has not been able to get on the field for numerous reasons, weight being a big a big part of that. If he's not able to go, and as good as Braden Fajoko has reportedly looked, mm-hmm. and, I, and I believe Ed Orgeron said himself that, uh, he's been kind of the star of the defensive line so far in camp, moving to nose nose tackle in, in place of Alexander. As good as he is, if you don't have that depth that I've been preaching all summer long, why I think LSU's going to be okay, that my my expectations change and they and they go down. Aaron, I, I'm starting to look at the Miami game and go, well, if they don't have the depth to compete with Miami, offensive line issues or not with Miami. I don't know, man. That's going to be a much more difficult task just because that's that's what else you had to do last year. They had to play so many guys, so many minutes on the defensive line, and you just can't expect to win a ton of football games in the SEC when you have to do that, when all, when you've got the Georgias and the Alabamas just rotating guys constantly. So keep an eye on that. You know, If, if you're an LSU fan, you're hoping that Alexander gets healthy and that Shelvin gets back to practice and Shelvin can actually play. On the flip side, uh, when you talk about the matchup with LSU, the Hurricanes had a big loss yesterday. They will now be without one of their major offensive weapons for much of the 2018 season. Michael Irvin is reportedly set to go undergo knee surgery. Yeah. Hershey's tight end, uh, nine receptions, uh, 78 yards last year. He's expected to play a bigger role on the offense this year, though, as a junior. Richie says, burglary, that's it. He'd still be starting in Alabama. Roll Tide. Mm. <laughs> Gary says, Jake, any update on the lightsaber championship? Are you planning to adopt any of the teams? You were watching. Was that the highlights you were watching <laughs> yeah. this morning? Yeah. Uh, and, Aaron, I think ESPN, from what I could tell, I watched. It's tongue in cheek. It, yes. I watched like five 30-second clips. Yeah. And it was very, <laughs> what? The fact that you watched five of them, two or three of them weren't enough. Like, no, oh, I, I got I to get more. Honestly, I was watching these clips going, I should have watched this yesterday. I should have <laughs> recorded this or something. Because, yes, like you said, it was very tongue-in-cheek. The interviews with the, yeah. the quote-unquote athletes before the quote-unquote well, fight. We need to play one of them later on. Okay, we'll have to do that. But it was very um, – I think it was very well produced by ESPN, just the way that they – and they also, like when they fight, they light up their little light toy lightsabers. And they dim the lights to make it look even better. Like it's uh, give ESPN credit; they got ESPN Ocho right. Yeah, who needs Brett McMurphy? Oh, yeah, <laughs> when you can go out and produce these type of events. <laughs> so they're they're investing their money well. Uh, other college football headlines: uh, Adam Hunsucker from the News Star is reporting that uh, ULM has already lost a defensive player, that being uh, cornerback Roy Williams. Reportedly out with an ACL injury. No official word, of course, from ULM yet. He was projected in the preseason depth chart as the starting right corner. He made uh, 12 appearances uh, last year. So he was at number one. Corey Strotter, the former Neville standout, was listed second on that depth chart. So uh, we'll see how this plays out. But, of course, we talked about all the injuries that the ULM defense faced last year. And now it appears early on they've already lost one guy. Especially in the secondary, too, last year. Yeah, I saw that, and I immediately thought of that. Just like, man, here we go again. I'm heading out to ULM's practice after the show, so we'll have a more in-depth report coming up tomorrow. Uh, One more quick headline, Aaron. Jacob Pearson had a grand slam last night. Former West Monroe slugger. Uh, His batting average is up to 264 now, and he has five home runs. Nice. You got our Houston Astros update because we are your headquarters for the Houston Astros. They did not play. All right. 
They are 73-42 and 42 on the year. They remain five games up in the division. Hey, I was going to mention this. Uh, how often do you see a, an athlete making the transition in the college ranks from baseball to hoops? You see Will Reese has uh, left uh, LSU baseball? You did not. I did not. Played, no. uh, Sorry, school, I was high, reading text. Played uh, high school hoops at Anacoca, and now we'll try to play uh, college somewhere. Hmm. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I can't fake it. Uh, Ben says, did you guys see that ESPN plus has about a hundred thousand subscribers and they need 7 million to break even Ooh. per rich Greenfield? I had no idea that wow. that is insane. They've got some uh, work to do a uh, good stat there, Ben. Also, uh, NCAA real quick. Some big news dropped yesterday yeah. and quite honestly, first I'll tell you what happened. They, they announced that. Um, undrafted players can return to school, which is a huge deal. Also announced that USA Basketball would be in charge, and, and this was this is probably coming uh, 2021 at the earliest. Uh, USA Basketball is in, will be in charge of picking the elite high school prospects, and those elite high school prospects can hire an agent and they can go, you know, straight to the NBA. Mm. So that's something they're working on. Um, but I've been I've been looking at you know, kind of the people's responses for this. And there's been a lot of columns just bashing the NCAA saying, oh, it's a cover-up, it's still a power play, yada, yada, yada. I'm going to go the opposite direction here. I, I looked at these rules and I and I saw it as a positive. Like, it's a step in the right direction. We, we criticize the NCAA all the time. When they do something that actually makes sense, why don't we commend them for that? You can say, oh, it's, it's, it's deep down, it's a power play. But at the end of the day, this is better serving the athletes, and I think that's a step in the right direction. One other headline, uh, ULM continues to move forward for their search for their new head softball coach with resignation of Corey Lyon. He is heading to Marshall, be the assistant coach there. He's actually joining his girlfriend that is the head coach. Yesterday, the Warhawks uh, named – Assistant Jessica Thornton as the interim head coach. She has been with the program, I believe, three years. Hmm. 888-993-7762. It's the Darren Moody State from Hotline slash Text Line. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pancake. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? <laughs> the starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. All right, we're looking forward to some uh, actually high school football this weekend. It's time to jam. Yeah. In the MAIS ranks, Boyd Cole, our old buddy. I don't know he wants me to refer to him as old, but he is our buddy. He will join us at 730 to break it down for us as uh, they will have some festivities out at Malone Stadium this weekend. At 8 o'clock, another friend of the program, Randy Carr, will join us. He's been in the coaching business a long, long time. This is the first in a number of years that uh, he's done. He's retired. He's got some great stories to share with us in terms of uh, the coaches that he's been under, Woody uh, Boyles and Lou Santamont, Charlie Brown, just to name a few. He will join us at the top of the hour. 840, Darling Gillen from Fox 8 Sports will join us to break down the Saints and the Jags tonight. Plus, it is Top 10 Thursday. We will be looking at... Past events. What? what I you... forgot. I thought it was Wednesday. <laughs> Are you serious? Well, I did not jot anything down. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. Well, why we'll, don't you remind me? You know what? We'll go by my list this week, and it'll be much smoother. Wow. Yeah. So. I really thought it was Wednesday. Okay. Good. Good. Good job. Anyway, it is top ten Thursday. We will be looking. I will be looking at uh, past sporting events. I think I can come up with a better list in the span of a commercial break than Jake's list. And he had two hours to work. Challenge is on. Let's do it. Uh, also, we'll be looking at the Saints game tonight. What are some of the biggest storylines we're looking at, we're looking forward to unfolding tonight against the Jaguars? Sorry, I'm working over here. <laughs> <laughs> we got sound from Jerry Arledge and also Mickey McCarty as our high school football previews continue. And, hey, we got to get into Saban. He disappointed us oh, yesterday. Oh, man. We promised, and we did not deliver. All this and much more, 888-993-7762. We'll be right back. It's Top Ten Thursday after the break. Welcome back to the show, Aaron and Jake, hanging out here. We were certainly anticipating a little bit of fireworks with uh, Nick Saban, but the deal with Slick Nick, you never are sure. 
course, uh, all related to Jalen Hurts coming out to the media and basically saying, how do you want to paraphrase it, Jake? Uh, he was just saying, nobody asked me how I felt, yeah. basically. Saying, you know, I, I had to be replaced uh, in the national championship game. I had to sit on the sideline and watch Tua go out there and lead the team to victory yeah. after I helped get the team there. So and, we were kind of curious how this would play out in terms of him uh, airing Alabama's dirty laundry with the media. Yeah, so here's the thing. I'm not surprised by this quote by Saban. I'm surprised this is all we have. I'm a little disappointed in the media. I figured the media would have taken these comments and asked a follow-up, and it would have peeved Saban. Because I can guarantee you if they would have pressed him two or three times, he would have exploded and given us a soundbite. I've that situation. Yeah, uh, he would have given us a great soundbite. But uh, instead, this is the best we've got. To talk to him specifically about that, and then have a follow-up. Yeah, and and you know my my comments were you know every player has a right to express what he feels and what he thinks, um, and I think he has every right to do that with every coach or anybody in the organization that he has relationships with, um, which you know we certainly do quite often with all players at all positions. Uh, but you know, look, this this is probably a lot more important to people outside this organization than it is to people inside. I don't think this has any effect on our team. I've talked to a lot of the team leaders. Um, you know, the players are focused on what they need to do. Uh, the rhetoric will not have anything to do with who's the quarterback. Um, that will obviously be decided on the field uh, by how people execute, how they do their job. Same parameters that we talked about before in terms of who wins the team. Uh, and winning the team goes along with execution, leadership, uh, players having confidence and belief, uh, and that's not going to change. So I don't really have any more to say about it than that. Uh, I don't think it's, uh, uh, it's anything that has affected our team uh, one way or the other. So first of all, I thought that was a great quote by Saban. He did a really good job of kind of deflecting it. But I didn't, and Grant, I didn't watch the whole press conference, but I'm assuming that this didn't happen because Saban probably would have blew up. But why didn't anybody ask? Well, was a conversation? Did a conversation take place immediately after this? Did y'all? Was there ever a conversation before about the whole being replaced at halftime? You know, some of those questions, which I felt were needed to be asked after what Hurt said and after what Saban just said. If you're just joining the story, uh, Hurts on Saturday, his quote was, that's always been the elephant in the room for me. No one came up to me the whole spring, coaches included. No one asked me how I felt. No one asked me what was on my mind. No one asked me how I felt about the things that were going on. Nobody asked me about what my future held. That's that. So now it's like when you try to handle this situation now, for me, it's kind of late. It's too late. The narrative has been created. How many times did he say for me in there? Yeah. So Saban basically gets up there and says, silence, it's a non-story. And thus, it's a non-story now. There's a little bit of a story. It'll continue just because can it create a major rift inside the Alabama Saban locker just said it's, it's no issue. That's easy for Saban to say. <laughs> and then, of course, when the, the players are pressed by the media later in the day, they told the reporters that as a group they met to talk about Hertz's comments. One offensive lineman said the meeting brought disclosure to the situation while well, senior running back Damon Harris said it wasn't a big deal in-house, quote. Well-trained, well-trained. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that didn't go off the way we thought it would. So, good for – Saban has always preached about how he's he's gotten, I guess, better control of his temper as he gets older. And I think that, that was a good example of that. Yeah. By the way, did you watch the SC featured on Saban? They did a little. Were they uh, on his boat again? Um, th- this was earlier in the week, so you might have seen it. it they went on his boat, yeah. and they did a couple other things. Was Marty Smith again? No, no, I don't think it was Marty Smith. I think it was actually your boy. Um, who, who's your favorite? Tim Tebow. Rinaldi. Oh, ooh, Tim uh, Tebow, get out of here. Uh, Tim Tebow was at his lake, uh, his cabin, one year. Okay, him uh, and Marty. Is Tebow still employed by SEC Network? Yeah. Yeah. Now he's ready to work with yeah. the injury and everything. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, th- I thought he was clearly focusing on baseball. Jalen Hurts, 26-2 career as a starter for the Alabama 
Crimson Tide. Yep, not too bad. It is Top 10 Thursday. Jake asked the question today. Yeah. What's today's topic, Jake? Today's topic is what are the top sporting events, top moments in sports that would have absolutely shut down social media? So we're talking, I guess, 2007 and before. So kind of looking back at history and going, man, if we had social media, that would have been even more insane. I did no research on this Top 10 Thursday, so I certainly need your help. At 888-993-7762. Coming up next, let's talk a little high school football. M-A-I-S action. I nailed it today. You did nail it today. I'm proud of you. used to be called the M-P-S-A. Yeah. <laughs> Boyd Cole. I'm no selling you. I'm sorry. Boyd Cole joins us after the break. Welcome back to the morning drive. We're certainly looking forward to some NFL preseason football tonight with the Saints in action. And then this weekend, hey, uh, high school football. I got a number of scrimmages and then inner squad scrimmages. But the MAIS, they are getting ready to kick off Jamborees this weekend. Big event taking place out at Malone Stadium. Now joining us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline, an old friend of the program. We have not heard his voice in quite some time. Boy Cole from Riverfield joins us. What's up, bud? Not much. How y'all doing today? Good. Where you been hiding? Uh, well, you know, it's uh, we're getting ready to start. We got our first regular season game next Friday, which everybody else is scrimmaging. We're playing, but uh, yeah. it's going pretty good right now. You know, we got the kids working out, and we are uh, getting ready for that big jam on Saturday at uh, ULM. All right, before we get into that big jamboree, uh, I'm getting old, so my memory kind of sucks now, boy. But I think it was 2013, perhaps, that you made your way down to, to Riverfield. I thought, oh, this is pretty good, but, you know, probably be one or two years and he'll be out. You're still there, so you're obviously still enjoying it. Well, you know, I told my wife, uh, when I wake up in the morning and I don't want to go to work, I, I'm the opportunity to I can just quit, but I'm I'm really enjoying it. The kids here in the the board and the, you know, like, you know, our superintendent, I mean, our superintendent, but our principal, I actually taught her at Bastrop High School. That's how mm. kind of start feeling old when you start doing that. But, uh, you know, right now I'm, I'm having a great time and I've got some great coaches and, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just, you know, you wake up every morning, you want to get out there and want to get better. And, you know, two years ago, we did not have a very good football team. And last year, you know, 10 and two, you know, made it to the quarterfinals, and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it this year. Somebody asked me yesterday, you know, Coach, uh, how you think you're going to do? And I said, well, I think 13-0 and state championship. And they said, no, really? I said, well, I've never gone into a football game. I thought I was going to lose. And uh, I'm still that way. And, you know, all those years at Sterlington and the great football teams we had there, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I'm looking forward to this season, and so are the kids. Boyd, all those years at Sterlington, it had to be close to uh, two decades, and we've joked about it before, you used to give private schools a hard time. Has your thinking or thought process changed? Well, I figured that question was going to come up. I used to think uh, the private school league in itself was part of football. I just, I didn't respect it, I, and, and it's more from ignorance than anything else because I never went and watched them. And, you know, the, the main difference in private schools and public schools is the numbers. You know, I've got 24 kids, 10th through 12th. That's my varsity. Uh, you know, I got I got a lot of a lot of my kids that can start for the public schools. I mean, at every level, I'm playing West Monroe level, all of them. But it's just a number game. You know, uh, you know, we run out of people. You know, and uh, in Sterlington, you know, we get one or two kids hurt. We just plug, plug in more one or more kids, and it wasn't no big deal. But uh, I've gained a big respect for it. And I mean, you know, being a head football coach and a in the MAIS now, it's uh, you know, you just look and you see these teams play, and these kids are not given an opportunity, uh, to you know, everybody just see them. You know, I mean, we play on Friday nights, and so the public schools, and you know, that's a to me another big reason for the, what we're doing this Saturday. People can come out and watch. You know, just come out. You're gonna see some good football. It ain't gonna be like some people pitching it, like I did. I. You know, I had to apologize to a bunch of people when I got here. You know, I came out here, like I said, I thought, you know, Ford Gold can coach and, you know, just a little bit of coaching and they're going to do great. It has nothing to do with it. It's got to do with the kids. And, you know, they work hard uh, and they, they're very successful. And, you know, and I'm, I'm very proud and thankful I'm a head football coach here. So, Boyd, as you play Ironman football, you certainly had to be in great shape and you want to push them conditioning-wise. But 
how do you measure not to push them too much because of I mean you can't afford to lose one let alone two or three players well, you know what the main thing that we don't do here that we did in the public school we don't have a lot of scrimmages in practice and just hitting all the time you know our cues are pretty brutal we go you know as good as we can ones against ones and uh you know and it's pretty violent I mean you know but and you can't do that you know at Sterlington, uh, our Tuesdays and Wednesdays was that was battle day. I mean, you know, but here you do have to watch it. We do a lot of conditioning. You know, we after after we do our stretch, we run. After we get through with group work, we run again. After we get through with the team defense, we run. And after team offense, we run. They the kids have kind of got built into that thing that you know they know they got to be in shape. We had ninety seven percent attendance at our weight program this uh, summer, and that's unheard of. I mean, you know, I don't know if we ever did that at Sterlington, and these kids, they know they got to go both ways. I mean, you know, I've got I got 24 kids, and 17 of them are going to start. So I told somebody, don't feel sorry for me, but I said, it's going to end up being a conditioning thing in that second half, and, you know, that's what I tell our kids, and I try to tell our kids to do. You know, let's get to halftime tied are down by seven, and we're going to win that ball game because we're going to out-condition people. And, you know, pretty much last year we did that. You know, our last ball game, we turned the ball over five times and got beat in the quarterfinals. And that's just, you, know, you can't turn the ball over five times to beat anybody. But uh, but our kids, have bought, you know, they bought into it. They don't they don't whine. They don't ask how many sprints we're going to run because if they do, they know I'm going to add. So, uh, you know, like yesterday, we was out there stretching, and I was getting out there a little late. Uh, Coach Tracer, our defense coordinator, sent everybody back in because he didn't like their attitude. We started practice over, and they realized that you know we're not going to accept nothing but their best. And you know, and you know, my, like my tight end, he, he weighs one sixty five or one seventy, you know, and you know that's not a huge guy, but I mean, he, you know, he does a great job. And I got a big offensive line this year, which I hadn't had in the last four years. But so you know, it, it's a it's a conditioning thing, and. You know, you're only good as your seniors. I got five seniors. I got six seniors now. I had a new one come in yesterday. But I got those seniors have got to lead. And, you know, if they lead and they do the thing, everybody's going to follow them. I mean, you know, that's like me. If I drag my butt getting up here in the morning, I'm not excited about football. My coaches aren't going to be excited about football. But, you know, I got three coaches on my staff that played for me at Sterlington. They know what I was like before they ever come over here. And they bought into that. You know, I coached against Coach Tracer for 25 years. One of my coaches, I, I actually coached here four years ago. And, I mean, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's gotten to be a culture here that, you know, if you're going to play football at Riverfield, you're going to do the things the way you're supposed to do them and right. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful and proud that these coaches have bought into that. And, you know, now our players, they're buying into it and, you know, and do I expect to go undefeated this year? Absolutely, positively, I do. Are we going to? You know, we just going to play the games. If everybody knew what their record was going to be before the season starts, don't practice. Just go out there and I'm going to win this game and lose this game. And we've won games we weren't supposed to win, and we definitely lost games we weren't supposed to lose. And, you know, I'm willing to take that blame, you know, because, you know, if you lose, somebody didn't do something right. And, you know, right now, we're doing all the things right, and I'm excited about the season. Boy, Cole Riverfield Academy's head coach joins us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline. Coach, a pretty cool event once again this year out at Malone Stadium as the MAIS start to jam. I know you kind of came up with this idea. How did it work last year, and what do you hope to improve on this season? Well, you know, last year uh, the only thing that was bad is that first game went 25 minutes over what I had it scheduled for, and we had to try to catch up, but you know, the jam, you know, it came up when Coach McLeland and some of the coaches in the office, we always had to go lose, I had to go to Mississippi for a jamboree, and we had to travel. And, you know, Coach McLeland said, Coach, have you ever thought about having one here? And I said, uh, well, I guess I can call around. So I called old Hannah at River Oaks and old Matt Millen at that time was at Prairie View and all the coaches. And I, I got right now every MAIS team with 100 miles of uh, ULM have come. I had two drop out. They dropped out for eight man reasons, and uh, you know, and I had two more drop, uh, three more come in. And it's kind of, you know, all the coaches last year said they really enjoyed it, and I, you know, I it, it's tiring to me. I mean, I'm tired, but 
I'm excited about the fact that, the, you know, people in uh, Monroe and this area can come and watch uh, what this football is all about. But all the coaches have been great. They, you know, they got to get me this and got to get me that. And I've got to get everything set up, you know. And Jonathan Ruffin out at ULM and Pat Lambert out at ULM, they've really helped me on this. And, but, I mean, you know, I just, you know, I hope this goes on a long time after Fort Code. I heard you call me a little while ago. And one of the kids told me the other day, he said, Coach, my grandpa went your age. And I said, I appreciate that, son. Get out there and let's run some. I mean, and I'm 65, and this will be my 45th year uh, to coach. And, you know, it's, it just doesn't get old, you know. And, and Saturday, when I get to the stadium at 8 o'clock and the teams start playing, you know, I mean, I just – I love the sport of football. It teaches a lot of things besides just football. You know, it teaches discipline. And, you know, a lot of parents now, they just don't discipline their kids. And this is the only place they get it. And to watch these coaches from these other schools, and, you know, I pick up things. Nothing is – you know, anybody says, well, I invented or You hadn't invented anything. All you've done is copied somebody else. I've run a split-back beer now for 30-something, 40-something years. And, I, you know, is it is it an exciting offense? It is to me because we win. You know, parents said, Coach, why don't we throw more? I said, well, I like to win. And, you know, if I throw, sometimes we don't win. And uh, we threw three touchdown passes in the first ball game last year, and we lost. And we threw three touchdown passes in the last ball game last year, and we lost. You know, I almost want to take the air out of the ball and never throw it because when we run the football, we don't lose. But this thing coming up this weekend, I, you know, Coach Hannah and all the coaches around, Bo Barton at Prairie View and Trey Fulton and all in, the, in this area have just been, you know, great and helping me, you know, do things and, you know, talking to people and the sponsors of it. You know, it's, it's awesome. I'm just, you know, I told my wife this morning, you know, I hope I don't say nothing stupid on the radio. And she said, well, I hope you don't either. And, the principal wants to put a shot collar on me when I say something. She wants to hit it. So, you know, but like I said, it's uh, you know, it is a lot of work, but uh, all these teams deserve it. These kids are going to be the spotlight on Saturday. There is no other. The public schools aren't scrimmaging yet, and they're not playing their jamboree for two weeks. There's no college football game. You know, and I just wish everybody would come out and see what this is all about. You know, it's uh, you know, we got some things going. They're going to have the Marines out there, and they're going to be doing things. And maybe, you know, you know, you say that I'm old, you know, you forgot what day it was. The first thing that happens is your mind goes, and I want you to, you know, you remember that. I, you know, way back when you reminded me of something I said at a football game, you ain't let me forget Yeah, boy, it. I wanted to get there, and I want to start, because this is a great way to start the year. Uh, you saying stupid things, and you certainly did years and years ago. It's certainly one of, not my favorite story of all time, but it certainly is entertaining. How you thought the press uh, misconstrued something you said in a pre-game speech? Yeah, I mean, well, it's you know, it's um, you know, I grade the film every week, and I was saying that I think all these kids ought to score a hundred. Well, they left out all these kids and said, "Let's score a hundred. And Aaron Dietrich, being the nice guy he was, got on television that night and said. Had that little clip on there, score 100, and he said, you almost did. And, you know, we won the ball game 9-6, to six, and I go inside. Hey, well, 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 back there. What was the score again against poor uh, Davison? 90-6. Uh, oh, okay. They, uh, uh, I went inside and told Coach Ash, I said, Coach Ash, you're going to catch some heat. And he said, oh, no. He cut the television on. He said, watch this. And I'm the one that caught all the heat because they thought I was the one that run the score up. And, you know, you know, Jake actually threw seven touchdown passes in the first half. And if you tell me Sterling threw seven touchdown passes a season, that would have been a big deal. But he threw seven in one half. And, you know, I did get a lot of flag from that parent saying, you know, Coach Ashley said you were calling the plays and you the one that ran the score up. I, 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 nowadays I still have people, I run into people and said, you know, didn't you just go to Sterling? And I said, yeah. Didn't y'all beat a team? I said, no, 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 no. I wasn't on the staff at that time. That was before <laughs> me. So, you know, I tell you what, it was, it, it was a lot of fun. You know, the, that season was a lot of fun. You know, yeah. the game started. People don't know the game started at 845 because Davidson bus broke down, and we had to go get them on our buses. And, uh, you know, they get there, and they start hooping and hollering. And I thought, I said, man, it's going to be an ugly ball game. And, we scored, uh, we ran seven plays in the first quarter and scored six touchdowns. I thought, 
well, maybe not. And kept telling Coach Jackson, we got to get everybody out. And he said, yeah, 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 you know, keep calling her. And so it kept going. And I look up, and it's 70 or 69 to nothing in the first half. And we were going, we pulled all the starters. And what happened? The first play of the second half, they throw an interception, run it back for a touchdown. And the problem that was, the biggest problem, was that our kicker, extra point kicker at Pet Rally, they put him on top of a pyramid, and he fell out and got a concussion. So what do we have to do in the ball game? We went for two. Well, every time we scored a touchdown, they said, that's another touchdown for such and such. And then we lined up, went for two, and we made that two. And uh, so every time we scored, we went for two. So it kind of looked like we were really trying to break and get to 100. And, you know, the Davidson coaches were pretty good. at. They told me, they said, Coach Stoll, I appreciate y'all throwing the football because every time we ran it, we had to go out there and get somebody to drag them off. But, and I think that was a pretty salty team. I think later that year, did, was that the year that you beat uh, Washita or was that the year uh, before? Yeah, that we, yeah, we beat Washita 22 to 14. I got in trouble that year. You know, I'm, I'm somebody, I, I want to say it was you come out there and was talking and you said, what do you think about Washita? I said, Washita? I said, if we're tied or down by seven, we will beat Washita's butt. And it's 22 to 14. Washita ran seven plays in the second half. Totally. Now, everybody says, well, why didn't y'all score more? Well, we fumbled inside the 10 three times. But, I mean, they only ran seven plays. It was a – we had a awesome defense. And I've got one, uh, two of those guys coaching with me right now. And uh, one of the uh, wide receivers is coaching with me right now. So, you know, it, yeah. they brought that to Riverfield, you know, that, that attitude of, you know, I don't care how big you are, you can play. Because our defense at Sterlington – we had one kid over 200 pounds playing, but they were wild. I mean, you know, they just went crazy. You know, those college had them, and, you know, all we did was open the gate and turn them loose. And uh, our football team, you know, we three, four, six, three, four, six, touchdown. And we'd come to the sideline and sit down and defense three plays. We had to go back out there. You know, a great defense goes on the field for three plays and comes off. A great right, offense can... goes out there for 12 plays. We can literally talk to you all day. Some great stories. Uh, the big thing, of course, uh, the jam out at Malone Stadium this weekend. MAIS action all gets underway around 12, runs all the way through the evening. Certainly look forward to it, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you here in a couple of weeks as the season kicks off. Thanks, bud. I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Good stuff. Basically, it's before the game, Jake. You know, you stick the camera in certain huddles, and then, you know, I catch Boyd saying, hey, let's go out there and let's get 100 on these guys. So, go back to the station. I was there literally. You heard them. They had seven touchdowns in the first quarter. I was out of there. It was probably the fastest I've ever been out of a stadium. I was gone within a minute or two, literally. Go back to the station. You cut the highlights. You're on the air. I didn't know the score at the time. It pops up. Well, we start the the whole piece, the highlight reel, with Boyd saying, let's score 100 on these guys tonight. That's the way it starts. You go through the highlights, and then, of course, the final comes up, and you're like, Mm. Okay. They almost got a hundred. I I understand that. I thought what you did was he gave you the full quote about how he grades kids. No, no, I was about to be no, upset no, at you. No. Okay, I'm That'd glad. Be you, a Clay Travis move. I'm no, glad you cleared no, that up. No, no. He's just let's go out there and let's score a hundred. That was the quote. Yeah. Okay. And that he, makes you know, more he's sense. He's passionate. He was in it, and sure. the next thing you know, they score ninety on him. <laughs> he nearly did. Yeah. Good stuff. It should be a fun afternoon. It's certainly great for those kids to be in a college stadium on Saturday. And great for us to get some football to watch. Uh, let's take a timeout. Coming up next, let's dive into a Top 10 Thursday. Certainly need some help on this one. Oh, brother. Yes, Top 10 Thursday coming at you. 888-993-7762. The morning drive back up to this. Uh, we got some news here that we need to release a campus closure. Grambling State University is closed to an evening power outage. Crews and essential personnel continue to work to assess and restore full service. McCall Dining will open on its normal schedule and uh, modified menu. That's not really important for a majority of us. <laughs> but if you're a Grambling student and you're hungry, certainly need to know that. On-campus student activity groups will operate on a modified schedule. Faculty Institute is rescheduled for Friday, August 10th. So there you go. There that was a service, service announcement courtesy of the morning drive. Text here, uh, Boyd is a cat. Once saw him eat two Big John's pizzas, two pounds of M&M's, two 
two liter Diet Cokes, and then tell stories and jokes for hours. Old school coaches yeah. are the best. He had the Diet Cokes, of course, to watch his waistline. Of course. Yeah. All right, so top ten Thursday, something I totally uh, forgot about. I'm very today. disappointed in you. Uh, the topic, the subject today, Jake. It's basically the biggest moments in sports before social media. What would have caused social media to basically shut down? Mm. So let's get things started. Uh, let's go locally. And, and Cookie has a lengthy but a pretty good text here. I'll let you read it because you're so much better at it. Cookie says, a lot of people may not even recognize this or remember this, but I do. One season, Louisiana Tech finished with a record of 9-2, and two, and they were independent and one of the best teams offensively in the nation. That same year, LSU finished with a regular season of 7-5. and five. They were bound to go to the Independence Bowl. However... They said they would not play in the Independence Bowl if Tech was going to be their opponent. They wanted to play Notre Dame, who had earlier beaten them that year. I got this information from a reliable source, and if this would have been on the Internet, which the Internet was just basically getting started at the time, this would have been more of a big deal. Uh, sorry, lost my place there. Than what it was. I say this because everybody remembers the controversy with Louisiana Tech would not play you, uh, would not play ULM in the Independence Bowl a few years back. It's good, and it, and it spins it forward. Can you with, confirm that? Or uh, it was somewhere. It's pretty close. Yes, okay. I remember that was a very good Louisiana Tech team. I, I, I meant like a, you. You've heard that story as well yeah, from, yeah. from sources. I, mean, I can't confirm it, but yeah. Okay, so it's a rumor. Yeah. Still, we're talking point. the late nineties. Right, ninety-seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Crotenstein. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, interesting. Locally, you think about things that would have made a lot of headway on. Uh, Social media, the mascot fight with uh, Braveheart, <laughs> yeah. Northwestern State, the Demon. Sure. And can you imagine if you were on the sidelines and you get video of that and you tweet that thing out immediately? Pretty good. Hail Mary, of course, Stan Humphreys. Mm-hmm. Just thinking locally off the top of my head. Well, I'm glad you did some thinking because <laughs> you completely uh, skipped out on this exercise. So is that all you got, all you brought yeah, to the table? Uh, yeah. I got some national ones. Go ahead. Okay. Number 10 for me is Steve Bartman. Oh, yes. Uh, that would have, and honestly, that probably yeah. should be higher. Yeah. Um, I still, I, st- I feel bad for the guy. Mm-hmm. Granted, he probably shouldn't have, have tried to catch the ball, but I don't think Moises Alou would have caught that anyway. Uh, but, of course, this became Chicago Cubs fan. And, and I think it's probably lessened since they won in 2016. But, man, you're talking about having to, like, go off the face of this planet. I mean, nobody really heard from him. He didn't ever want to speak to the media. Like at Catching Hell, that documentary was. Oh, it was, a, it was fantastic. The way the security had to get around yeah. him and, and escort him out. I mean, it was it was a scary situation for that guy. And uh, still feel bad when you think about that story. But um, did, am I remembering this correctly? In 2016, did they invite him to come do something? Tabor, believe they did, right? And he continued to keep his distance. Didn't want to bring any more attention to himself. I'm just as lost yeah. as you are. Okay, I think they did. I, I remember a story where they invited him to something. I don't remember That's what it was. That's once again, Jake just asking questions. Nobody knows the answer. Well, I mean, I thought, you know, I, it, I vaguely remember it. I thought somebody might have remembered it. Yeah. But anyway, he like you said, he kept his distance. Still didn't want to be in the public. But uh, I'm glad that they've won a championship and maybe he can get his life back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, I mean, you're talking about a dramatic life change mm-hmm. over a foul ball. Mm-hmm. Over uh, what, well, you know, people would argue, well, it wouldn't have been foul if he wouldn't have reached over and tried to catch the ball. But anyway. You've got that at number 10. I think it should be ranked a lot higher. Okay, so number 10 for me. Uh, number 9 is the Kobe Shaq situation. Uh-huh. Now, there's not one pivotal moment. There are a couple. But just for years, they were going back and forth in the media, which made it so fun to tune into sports and say, what did Kobe say today? What did Shaq say today? So just imagine if you had it instant access with, with social media. That would have been something I looked forward to every day. What did they say today? Um, but I got a couple of quotes here. Um, it, it, during one season, um, they, they were interviewing Shaq in the locker room, asking what was going on with the team, and he said, there's the problem, and he pointed straight to Kobe Bryant. Just stuff like that, which was crazy. And then, of course, uh, another big one was when Kobe called uh, Shaq fat and out of shape at training camp. And these are just two examples. I mean, this went on for years, and, of course, it, it got so bad to where 
one of them had to go. Shaq eventually went to Miami, and we all sat there and pondered what could have been. Because if those two would have stayed together, they would have surely won more championships because they were dominant with the Los Angeles Lakers. Hmm. At number eight for me is the Pete Rose news that he that he oh, yeah. gambled, uh, that he uh, bet on games that he both managed and and played in. I I think. You know, it's it's still a big – it's always a big story around Hall of Fame because we're st- always still debating whether or not he should get in. Just imagine the debates that would have taken place back then on social media in regards to Pete Rose because it's such an ethical question. So I think that would have been <clears throat> an absolutely huge moment in social media. So far, you like my picks, Aaron? Not bad. Number seven, the band is on the field. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we're lucky. We are so fortunate that we have footage of it, right? Yeah. We have good footage of it. But imagine if people were in their stands with cell phones and could have got all the kind of angles. Um, and honestly, the back it probably would have been really bad because the backlash for the band uh, would have been really bad on social media too. You know yeah. how that goes. I mean, you would what have the heck are they doing band here? members yeah. being threatened, yeah. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. And yeah, so it would have been absolutely insane. That's why I put that. In I like seven. that one. Yeah. Uh, number six, The Miracle on Ice. A lot of people texted in this yesterday when we were kind of uh, teasing the idea. A lot of people thought this would have been crazy, too. I agree. Uh, just You're talking about one of the greatest upsets in sports, 1980. Al Michaels, Do You Believe in Miracles? I, I put that high just because it's one of the greatest um, upsets in, in sports. Uh, number five, and I didn't know about this, but – my in-laws are big tennis fans, like super big tennis fans. They were telling me about when Monica Seles got stabbed on the yeah. court, 1993. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, she was the biggest female tennis star in the world, and uh, she was stabbed by a fan of her rivals who ran onto the court. And we barely – I actually did, did the video – I've watched this video before. I think it cut out. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't actually see it, but you saw at the, the, what, what took place after. Imagine if people got video of that. Like, what an absurd, crazy scene. So I have that at number five. At number four. Well, well uh, save your top for, uh, you know, Tanya, Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan, that whole situation. We've got a couple other texts. Kirk Gibson's ninth uh, inning home mm-hmm. bomb. When Larry Holmes ran across the hood of the car to get to Trevor Burbick, that was certainly uh, memorable. David from Arkansas says Jackie Robinson playing for the Dodgers, Brooklyn Dodgers, would have blew up the Internet. Yeah, that's true. That's a good one. And this certainly will make his list, uh, Jake's list. Uh, Larry says, don't know if this makes your top ten, but what about Mike Tyson being knocked out by Buster Douglas? I have a Mike Tyson moment. I only wanted to put one moment, and I'll just say I have a moment. Now, Tyson could have made the list like three or four times, honestly, but I wanted to kind of spread the love around. But, yes, Tyson will be featured. And Roy says Muhammad Ali not going into the army would be the number one social media controversy. Yeah, yeah when you think about <laughs> just the national anthem mm. topic today and how that dominates, <laughs> whoo, that would have been something else. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. We'll resume this conversation in the eight o'clock hour. Coming up next, we're talking uh, with a former coach. It is weird saying former, but Randy Carr will join us after the break. A guy, who, of course. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.